Hello everyone, welcome to episode 5 of Nick and John is this 5 5 I'm agreeing Oh, you're Sorry, agreeing. I said it in a really weird way Nick I was and like, John is this 5 And I was like, 5, five. Like in, a, in an appreciative manner Definitely It's the first decent Roman numeral, I feel Yeah In like 5, like we're halfway to 10 This is practically a Because IV, that's just ridiculous Yeah, like, who cares who, who puts who puts a number before another number and then claims that's one number less than it? Speaking of numbers, completely off topic, but we were praising the design of a Resident Evil 7 logo <laughs> we the were, other day. Yeah, because the V-I-I of Roman numeral 7 is cunningly hidden within the word evil. You were very impressed, weren't you? Really as, a, as a designer, you were like, yeah. oh, damn. Ooh, that's good, Ooh. that's good. And then we saw the logo for Biohazard, which is, of course, the Japanese name for Resident Evil. And in the Z... Of the hazard, the seven was hidden in there as well. Not in Roman numerals, obviously, but I was like, that's good. But segueing, yeah. and speaking of Japanese names for things, we're big fans of the Shinji Akari Super Happy Fun Time Adventure Hour. Yeah. Or as it's known in Japan, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, that's right. So we thought, hey, let's do a podcast let's about it. Let's do a it. podcast about it. Yeah. But we couldn't work out a title no. based on the uh, <laughs> the American version. <laughs> uh, hello. Hello. Sorry, I'm, I'm ruining it. It's all good. I'm John. Episode five. I'm Nick. Hello and welcome. Five. You already did a welcome, I'm ruining it. That's all right, fine. This is so spontaneous. Five. Episode five. (laughs) Episode five of uh, Nick and John is this Evangelion. Indeed. Which is, of course, also episode five of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is, and I have the title right here. Ray one. Ray, comma, beyond her heart. Oh, is that right? That's what it said at the start of the episode. But then at the kind of halfway break, it said Ray One. One. Or Ray, capital I. Yeah. Do you reckon they had like a different title for each half of the episode or something like that? No. No? Um, I've just brought it up here on my phone. Yeah. And it, as always, has more than one title. Ray One is there. Yeah. Ray Kokoro no Mukuni, which means Ray Beyond the Heart. Okay. So... Okay, well, let's I go. Guess, I guess it's all right. Okay, fine. Well, let's run with that. Um, okay. I guess if you've been following the series, you know that last episode was uh, a bit of a low point. A low point, yeah. It was a bit of a low point. So, statistically... <laughs> it could only go up. It could only be Woo. better, you'd think. Uh, I think, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I think when we were talking about it, yes, uh, not yesterday, last time we did this show, um, I felt that maybe this would be a really high... Because, like, the reason the one before was so low was because it's like, oh, yeah, we're building up to something great, so it's a bit of a non-episode because all the money's going to go into the next one. And it wasn't quite that. It wasn't quite this spectacular blockbuster, yeah. all singing, all dancing, unicorn, starshine episode. Uh, not that I'm ever expecting that from even getting Another alternate title. <laughs> but uh, but it was better. It was. Um, I guess kind of looking at it as a kind of bigger thing now, it's kind of like... Episodes one and two were very clearly like a two-parter. Yeah. That was just, you know... This is the intro. Yeah, you can't question it. It's like, yeah, bang, fight, see a bit, continues in the second thing. So if you were watching this on television, maybe it was a brand new series debuting, you'd be like, okay, opening, two-parter, there's big action and everything. Then episodes three and four... There was like a, there was they were kind of kind of like a two parter as well because you had Shinji yeah fighting the fourth lobster, angel the lobster dude, um and, and you know disobeying an order <clears throat> getting into trouble for it it was very emotional it was also like, meeting some people at school yeah it was so like it was greater emotional character and, stuff I and, guess and then I reckon like episodes one through to four are kind of like a loose arc 
I guess in, in a weird I, way. I don't know whether to include this episode in that though. I I got the impression that this was starting. No, you're right. Actually, yeah, the yeah, next yeah. kind of thing. It's yeah. like here's a cycle, and it's everything from Shinji arrives. Hey, there's robots, uh, and then emotional drama, and then he decides to stay. Yeah. So really, at the end of episode you're four, right. that makes sense. Yeah. At the end of the last episode, which we didn't care for massively, it's now set up like his. So Shinji is kind of ensconced now. <laughs> yeah, like, and it shows actually because there's there's a scene which we'll get to when we start talking about the episode. But there's a scene in this one where they're checking out the body of the last angel that was yes. killed, and Shinji's just sort of part of the family now, isn't he? He's just he's wearing a hard hat with nerve written on it, and he's just hanging out with Masato and Ritsuko, and they're just sort of analyzing mm. computer readouts and stuff, and he's just sort of there. As, as anyone you would expect from the pilot yeah. of their most important weapon. I get the impression that, like, if, if this were... I don't say, like, if this were, like, an American drama. <laughs> uh, because I, I, it's of similar length, if you think, like, it's 20 or so episodes of the yeah, whole true. series. It's like, if you were running a show, if you're a showrunner and you're thinking, like, how do we do this? How do we set up a show? Like, how do we organise it? You've got to have a big opening. Then something to draw people in. Now is the point at which I would expect it to become... Monster of the week. Exactly the words I was going to use. Yeah, like now this is this is where we're now set in the formula yeah. that you can expect ongoing episodes to at least reference, mm-hmm. uh, at most maybe follow. Yeah, but and I guess that kind of happens. <laughs> but kind of, but they spend a lot of time. There's more character stuff, but it's really about Ray. Yeah. This episode. This, like... this, and the bottom line is this isn't an American show. Yeah, you know, like and 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 so it behaves very differently and 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 part of our fascination with anime both as westerners but also as like you know people who like stories about abstract things is that the japanese particularly in anime tell stories in quite a different way mm-hmm. so as much as it it kind of is following that structure that you were talking about we will never expect it to follow it exactly yeah. because like why why would it well, i guess like also if you were a producer or whoever was running this it's like now you could either, I guess, you gotta kind, do something. You could either, well, you gotta, you gotta do, give us something. You gotta do something. After last episode, <laughs> you could either, like, I guess, cement the formula. Mm. So kind of have like monster attacks, you know, deals of it. It's all wrapped up in a neat bow. Or I guess you could go the other direction, which is what this episode maybe did, which was kind of like, well, who is, let's flesh out the cask. So now, True. so who is this other character? Which we've seen in four episodes, but like, yeah. who is she? And I guess I wonder whether, like, I, 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 it's nice that they're doing character stuff and kind of bringing, kind of bringing Ray to the fore. But kind it's of. also like, we've not seen her in action. We've not seen her do anything. And it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe if I, if I were doing this, maybe I would have had an episode now where Ray and Shinji were both in action mm. or something like that and then do the character stuff because it feels two slow episodes in a row. It's funny because we know what's coming. Yeah. Because the end of this episode introduces the next angel, which is, of course, the floating blue. Possibly prism. my favourite. Yeah. Oh, yeah, possibly my favourite angel, Ramiel. And we know how that's fought. Without going into... I mean, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here because the people who are listening to this are inevitably going to be Evangelion fans. You know that Ray and Shinji team up to fight this one. Yes. So, as you've rightly pointed out, although you'd have done it the other way around, they're still doing the same thing. They're building up to Mm. an event. And I couldn't help but thinking while watching this episode that actually putting the introduction of Ray ahead is actually quite cool. Ah. Because because 
all we've seen of Ray, and we'll get into the synopsis, obviously, as I say, but like all we've seen of Ray is that she's somewhat distant, disconnected. Um, and when she pilots her unit, everything doesn't seem to go that well. Mm-hmm. So for her to appear in a moment of dire need when fighting the angel is quite a cool moment mm. because it goes against everything we thought we knew about her. You are saying you are raising a good point. I guess if we, because I'm trying to rack my, I'm racking my brains and I don't know whether this story arc goes over two episodes or whether it even goes over three it episodes. Go I can't three. remember. Yeah. But it is definitely, this is definitely like the next cycle. And I yeah. guess if there's a point to it, it's like the point of the first arc is Shinji stays. Yes. And the point of the second arc is that Shinji and Ray gain mutual respect. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. they gain the power of, you know, as they much become as a, a team. guy with of. no connection to reality and a girl who's grown in a vat. Can. Oh, Ray! spoilers. Oh. <laughs> um... But yeah. Oh, and also maybe um, now's the time to mention uh, we had some interesting th- uh, feedback on our kind of criticism of the previous episode. Oh, did we? Well, um, we have discussed this off mic. You know, uh, Lucy's theory. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, true. Because yeah. we were talking about how we uh, we didn't really care for the last episode because we felt what they were trying to do, they didn't really stick. They didn't stick the landing. No. Like I got what they were trying to do, but it was very overblown. And we found ourselves really sympathising with Shinji when I think you were meant to feel the other way. I think they wanted you to feel like, Shinji, wake up, damn it. Show some emotion. I think we basically concluded that whichever way we were meant to feel, either way, whether it was with Shinji or against Shinji, the story did not give us enough equipment to do either. Mm. You were meant to feel like... I think you were meant to feel that like, damn it, Shinji, show some emotion. And then... And and all the adults shouting at Shinji. I think we were meant to feel that they were right and yeah. they were trying to teach him a lesson. But actually, we felt like no, like all the adults are actually incredibly like unreliable and like inconsistent. Is the inc- word? Yeah yeah, 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 massively inconsistent. But, but Lucy's theory, yes, uh, which she, she freely admits, maybe giving the show too much credit. I I think it is, but yeah. I like the theory anyway. Is the idea that because Shinji is depressed and is suffering from depression. And we were saying, like, why is the whole world so unreasonable? Like, Shinji is actually being pretty reasonable, yeah. really. Did He's saying, know. like, look, I don't want to do this, but I will do it to yeah. save the world. She's like, no, damn it, you have to enjoy it. Yeah. And Lucy was wondering whether the whole thing is actually a bit meta and it's actually, like, this distorted view of the world, like, everything that was annoying us, is actually kind of like a metaphor for depression. Yeah. Like, the fact that all the adults do actually seem so unreasonable on hindsight in hindsight, it's kind of like maybe maybe it's a bit bigger and maybe it's like we are meant to sympathise. I, I, it was an interesting well, Lucy, point. Lucy yeah. made a good point when, when I was talking to her about it that whether he did it intentionally or not, that's maybe what ended up. Like maybe when a depressed, manically depressed person um, makes a, a story, makes a TV show, maybe he can't help it comes out. So maybe he never intended to create this story that is actually a reflection of what it's like to be depressed. Yeah. But it ended up being that because that's just how he sees the world. Yeah. And he really thought he was making a story that made sense. So you can't credit Hideaki Anno necessarily with this genius representation of depression. Yeah. I don't think. But you can credit the fact that it was him who made it that ended up it being the way it was. Yeah. Because I don't think... I I get the feeling that if, if he'd intended it to be like this amazing allegory, artistic representation of what it's like to be depressed for those who aren't to, to therefore understand it... 
there would there would be a deliberateness about it. Yeah. There, there would be a clarity because there's no point. It's like my whole issue with Prometheus, and I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> if you want to... talk a whole hour about I, Prometheus. I could, yeah. yeah. But if you, want to, if you want to make these messages clear, if you want to educate people with your story, then you have to give them the tools to do that. You can't just sit back and go, oh, yes, there's lots of allegories and lots of interpretive elements in that, but I'm not going to tell you any of them. It's like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Because how are we meant to learn unless you tell us? Yeah. If you're this great, amazing teacher, if, if, if Ridley Scott is this genius man, who we need to bow down and worship to, and the same with Hideaki Anno, then then teach us, masters. Tell us your amazing yeah. things. But they're not doing. And that deliberateness is missing from both this and Prometheus. Yeah. And so crediting it with all this amazing like value and worth is, I think, broken because they didn't mean to do it. Yeah. It, it's almost it's like the idea that how can an artist not produce art? Yeah. Like... Yeah, no, it's weird. Like if we're if, getting into art, aren't yeah, we now? yeah. There's, there's, if you're going to say that Evangelion is some representation of depression, then we're basically saying it's not an anime. It's not a story yeah. about robot mecha. It's not about that. It's about depression, and therefore it's a piece of art. That's the thing. Like the 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 commentary almost becomes so meta. Yeah, you can't. No, you, you can't appreciate. You could, it just gets no. it gets layers and layers and layers. Like and someone else could take something else completely different yeah. away from it, and it all becomes pointless. Then if we have to kind of. We have to take it at face value. We have to approach it on face value and accept that it's meant to be a piece of entertainment. It's not meant to be. Yeah. You can, and, and if you want to take yeah. something away from it, if someone else wants to take something more away from it, then great. But I'm not going to be that yeah. person because that's not how I'm viewing this. Because ultimately, like, things can be, you know, you can have something that's arty and you can go back and look at it in deeper layers and go, oh, wow, I'd never really appreciated the symbolism yeah. or something like that. But at the end of the day, they were trying to tell a story and... I think they failed. I think so too. Yeah. But I think Lucy might be right in saying that the reason that maybe they failed, certainly from our perspective, is because he was depressed. Yeah. And it's ended up being a representation, potentially, by accident. Like like he just fell over and left an imprint in the clay of his face. And and that's what we're looking at, so trying to artist, interpret it. If an artist falls over and accidentally leaves <laughs> an imprint, exactly is it. it art? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, if, if an artist works in the medium of paint, you know, and he creates <laughs> these incredibly evocative paintings of red and blue, and then he falls over into cement yeah. and leaves an imprint of his face. Are we meant to take that as his art as well? Ah. But he works in paint. Hang on, what's going on here? I feel like Hideki Anno was trying to create a robot mecha anime story about the end of the world. And he fell over. <laughs> well, just to like, well, how about this then? Just to like torture the metaphor even even further. He's he's working in paint. Paint is his medium. He's creating this, this incredible canvas. He's splashing paint left, right and centre. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a work of art. But every swing of the paintbrush, because he's messy, is sending paint flying yes and he and there's splatter marks on the floor and to and to our mind that's a mess but to another mind is it's that the like, results is that a jackson pollock brilliant you know w- w- like... w- whatever it is we're interpreting the the overflow and outlay of another <laughs> intention his intention was to create whatever's on that canvas and we're analyzing the mess on the floor that's I, this, literally what's happening this is here. the problem it's like it, it's it's like you can analyze the analysis and it just gets circles within circles and, yeah but I think that's actually a really good analogy. Like, like the the the, the wash, the overwash, you know, <laughs> the splatter marks. Hit new game from Blizzard Entertainment. <laughs> overwash. So you're listening to the uh, Evangelion Art Hour with uh, <laughs> Nick and John. Um, we got deep fast. <laughs> deep, deep cut. Should we? So so deep. Should we talk about uh, Ray Beyond Her Heart? Let's talk about this episode. Uh, so how does it open, Nick? It opens with a test of Unit Zero. Yes, I believe. Have we seen Unit Zero yet? Um. I feel like we have, but not in action. Have we seen it? I'm Maybe not sure I'm just anymore. so familiar with it that I feel like I've seen it always. Because when Shinji arrived at Nerve, he was taken down, he was showing Unit 1, bang, big fight occurred. He then spent time, like I suppose, moping around. They fielded 
Unit 1 again against another angel. I don't think we've seen Unit 0. Maybe we haven't. Maybe we haven't then. Yeah. Okay, well, either way, okay. this might be the first time then we see Unit 0. Okay, so uh, Unit 0, which is uh, yellow. Yeah, at this point. Kind of like a more pared-down version. I really like Unit Zero's design. Yeah. Yeah, coming from a purely design perspective now. Um, I, there's there's a sort of prototype feeling yes. to it. Because it doesn't have the big shoulder fins, does it not? No, it doesn't. You're right. No, no it doesn't. It's got the same body type. Like, yep. arguably, aside from, like, its head and shoulders, it's identical to And it's unit. got its unit name that lights up on its um, on its uh, lower arms. Very nice. Which is cool. And it has, like, this weird, very tight helmet. Yeah. Like, uh, there's no frills or ridges like Unit 1. And it has one eye. Yeah, one, one big central eye. eye. And yeah. also, like, we were saying, like, a weird green sort of disc. It, yeah, it looks like... um. It looks like it's made of green glass, but it also looks like it's almost like a hatch or a button. Yeah, on the top of its head. On the top of its head, yeah. So it's yellow, and we see Unit Zero being uh, tested, essentially, in a big unit, uh, like the Danger Room. Yep. There's, uh, and we don't see the pilot in this test at all. Uh, Gendo at first, anyway. and, Ritsuko. and Ritsuko are overseeing it. They are. And it's basically like we've put a plug in, there's a pilot inside it, but it goes crazy. It's it's completely still, like locked against the wall. In like a harness, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And all they're doing is starting up. And the startup procedure seems to take a really, really long time. We see lots of like uh readouts on screens and things, and lots of connections being made, and, and the voiceover is saying lots of scientific mumbo jumbo we don't understand about how it's activating and they're connecting yeah. it to the pilot and it's synchronizing and everything. Seems and to be going well. Seems to be going well. And then on on the display there seems to be a borderline mm. which um lights are getting up towards. And the instant it starts to reach that borderline, everything goes to heck. All the lights then turn off, all the connections yeah. break, and it starts to go insane. And one thing I love about it, and, and this is like really driving home the fact that the Evas aren't robots. Yeah. It's the fact that it starts screaming. Yeah. Like, and it behaves like someone who's got a bad headache. Like it's clutching its skull. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have a mouth unlike no. the other uh, but unlike it is unit one. Weirdly screaming. And like, it's screaming and and then it becomes violent and it rips starts, out of its restraints at the wall. It starts attacking the uh kind of viewing area where Gendo is punching where Gendo is situated in those windows. And I think we as we both said like hangs uh hats off to Gendo for being just stone cold. Doesn't even flinch. This massive fist. Yeah. The size of a car like crashes into and Granted the... the glass barely gives. It cracks but it doesn't break. Pretty, uh, that's a good precaution. It's incredible. <laughs> it's it's not glass. It's transparent aluminum. <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> um but then they go like, "Oh, it's out of control. Uh, eject the plug." Yep. Which they so the back of its sort of spine opens and the long thin lozenge like plug squirts out the back or little engines. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it kind of looks like when you release um one of those rocket balloons and yeah. it gets caught in the corner of a room. And so that... It's actually kind of cool because it, it's like it, it, as we said, it acted. Like they gave some thought to like the physics. Yeah, so it's like this thing's blasting off a rocket and it, and it's just it's kind got of nowhere to go. Yeah, caught in the upper corner of a room until the rockets run out and then it falls it to the floor. It's the ground. Yeah. You know, they they eject its power plug, so we're just waiting for it to power down. Yeah, only thirty five seconds. So clearly, it doesn't power. have like a full charge. But I thought about this when you just said the fins because I remember later on they tell us that those fins are the batteries. Oh, so. Obviously, because it doesn't have fins, it doesn't have as much charge. Oh. Yeah, so well, that, we that makes sense. We'll have to keep an eye on that. It's a little bit of forward thinking there. So then they, they start pouring, like... like Expanding like, foam. Yeah, this red yeah, liquid red. 
So yeah, they're spraying it from jets, so it's getting kind of like from all points in the room, yeah. and it's sort of hold restraining it, kind of, and then eventually it, it, it powers down and it's stuck in this sort of so it's uh, paralyzed, piss, yeah, uh, fist. <laughs> fist. So then Gendo, in uh, showing more emotion than we've ever seen, yeah, re- runs down, yeah, arguably into quite a dangerous room, yeah. Like I wouldn't want to be in there. No, no care for himself at all. Runs down to the uh, what do you call it? The entry plug. Entry plug, and it's got like a. Sort of vault door hatch, hasn't Can't it? Say, I yeah. love the the design of the technology. Yeah, because it seems very real, but because it's got like this this uh, ha- uh, latch with two handles, yeah. which you have to pull out, rotate, rotate, and push back in to open. And then the door opens, and he grabs it with his bare hands, but it's red hot. Yeah, uh, and he burns his hands, but keeps on going. Yeah, opens the hatch, pulls LCL it out, floods out. And inside is Ray. Yes. Who uh, seems to be okay-ish. She yes. looks a bit like dazed, but she's all right. And he's like... Uh, he just says, Ray. He says, you know, it's just like emotional muttering, like, you yeah. okay? And, and his glasses fall off in this scene and they land in the puddle of LCL. And I'm guessing that's hot as well. Because, because, or is it just because it's near the entry plugs of a heat maybe, of the yes. metal? Maybe, yes. And cause... so the glasses sort of warp a little bit and the glass cracks in one of the lenses. Yeah. Now, that's our opening scene. Yeah. Uh, I, have some que- I have some questions. Okay. Uh, my biggest question is about the timeline. Because I is assume this, this is a flashback well, to before the events of the main series. Which Zuko says that it's before Shinji joined Nerve, which right. she's telling him later. So my question then is, it's like, uh, because we're led to believe that when Shinji piloted Unit 1 against the third angel, yeah. that is the first instance ever that in which an Eva has been deployed against an angel. I think it, that's true. It just yeah. hasn't happened. Yeah. Because no, that's only the third angel. Yeah. And we know a little bit about one and two, which is revealed later. Yeah. So, and it, and, and it's in the name. So it's Unit Zero. So this is like the prototype test Eva. So is this like one of the first instances in which they've tried putting a human inside one? I, yeah. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. So they do it, blah, 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 blah. It goes horribly wrong. And at the end, as you said, Ray appears to be okay. Appears to be. But when we see Ray at the start of episode one... She's wounded. She's bleeding everywhere. She's got bandages. And I was wondering whether this was the instance in which she was meant to have been injured. Well, she's not injured that like that, though. She's not but this bleeding. Is, this is what I'm wondering, though. It's like she doesn't appear to be in a bad way. So can we just assume that there is another test that went wrong at some point? I always assumed that this was one of many tests. Yeah. This was just the one where things went so bad that Gendo had to go in and get her out and you could argue that well obviously they get worse because we've seen her bloodied in a hospital yeah. bed um this is what i was wondering like yeah i do they say f- definitively that when unit one is deployed against the third angel that that is the first time an ava has been used in battle well in what other instance would it have been used in battle because that's the all first angel think, to attack yeah but all i can think is is that what if we didn't see unit zero fight the third angel before unit one does but that that's entirely possible, I suppose. I mean, um, it could be argued why did that fail quite so badly? Because I guess the big question is, well, yeah, what injured Ray to that yeah, level? This is what I was wondering because I, I I was trying to piece it together in my head, and I just assumed that unless like when uh, Gendo rescued her from the entry plug, she looked fine. He's like, Ray, are you okay? And she goes, like, Yeah, I'm fine. And then suddenly, just her eye explodes and blood goes everywhere. <laughs> or Gendo's like, oh, This will never hold up. I need to beat her up a little bit so that everyone <laughs> will believe that she tripped. <laughs> I'm oh, fine. She definitely tripped. Steps out of the entry plug. Gendo, you're lying on you. No, she 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 tripped. She tripped. <laughs> so there we. I, uh, so yeah, that was my only question. It's a good like, question mark, and I think that 
that may be something we never know. Yeah. Like we joked that they they injure Ray to force Shinji to pilot Unit One the first well, time, and who knows what nerve is capable of. Wouldn't put it past him actually. I mean, um, I used to, I as a side note, I always used to get the LCL the liquid mm. confused with the red goo they kind of spray on stuff because you know like um when they see unit one yeah and it's stored like up to its neck Nick. in like liquid yeah that that is also a red liquid yeah lcl it, isn't red though is it lcl's like urine colored yeah that's what i was wondering and like mm. and and the red liquid that unit one is stored in doesn't appear to be solid no no it's definitely a liquid so yeah mm, that's just liquids lots of various goos lying around <laughs> Many um liquids. is it worth mentioning uh you because you commented on it and i thought it'd be a good thing to bring up um just the general design of the computers yes i i mentioned that i really liked all the displays yeah and, and all, all the information readouts and everything and particularly like and i've always liked from the very first time I watched this, the countdown timer that begins whenever the umbilical cord is disconnected, yeah. and you get that sort of multi-digited, uh, sort of classic LCD uh, display with the yeah. numbers spiraling down. I just I really like colourful displays on black backgrounds. I think that looks really really cool. But there's something quite impressive about the fact that it doesn't really look like it's aged that much. No, because it's very technical. Rather yeah. than thinking like, because the reason I think that displays often age really badly in like sci-fi, particularly cartoons and stuff, is because they try and make everything look fancier than it needs to. But when you're dealing with data, you don't want it to look fancy and oh look how futuristic it all is. You just want it to be like informative. And I feel like all the displays in Evangelion were designed to, from almost from a scientific perspective, like they, they just need to display this certain thing. It's kind of cool because they knew that like throughout the entire series, they're going to be using the same computers. Yeah, it's an interesting idea of um, uh, coming up with a display. Which would also be like a visual language yeah. for the scenario, like because um, you know there's also whenever the, uh, the pilot is synchronizing with the yes. Eva, that's a thing you often see of like these two kind of like spirals, uh, yeah, superimposing over each yeah. other. Yeah, or... and you also see that display of all the little cuboids breaking. Yeah, that's really cool. It's yeah, like, and it, it gives you. You know what's happening. Yeah, it's even weird, though isn't it? like I don't know how his computer works. I don't scientifically, know. we have no idea what's going on, but but emotionally we're able to understand the process mm-hmm. it's weird isn't it but it's good i really like it well i i have another question for you oh because you, you're generally quite knowledgeable about this <laughs> I don't know about when that. we see unit zero uh i guess kind of like uh deactivated after it's been frozen in goo yeah and there's those cranes chipping away at the yeah yeah it has a what i assume is like a kind of uh empty plug with a giant almost like a crucifix Sticking out of it. Oh, yes. I was wondering, because yeah. uh, I think you see these a couple of times. You do, I think, yeah. Is it the same as, like, uh, when you have an iPhone or something, and you can get, like, a little... Dummy. Dummy plug to go in your headphone socket just to yeah. keep it smooth? I, um... Obviously, there is a dummy plug system mm. later on, but it's not that, I don't think. Um, I always interpreted this, and, again, like, I don't think there's any information that, that says anything about this, but I for some reason got this idea into my head that this is similar tech to the lance ah yeah which of course has not been mentioned yet not yet but that is the one thing that is a huge weakness to an ava and i feel like what what if you could put something in you know when you buy you know when you buy like a toy from a from a store and it's got the little tab that you've got to pull out yeah it won't work until it's it's yeah it's that it's the religious end of the world equivalent of a little plastic tab that you pull out it's like the thing is has no pilot it's powerless. 
but they somehow also felt it necessary to stick like a giant plug crucifix in its back. And I'm like, there's clearly a reason for it. Is it just like, here is a lump of concrete, the same shape and size and, it and dimensions, and it just plugs it? I think so, because, I mean, as, as you've said, these aren't robots. Yeah. These are organic. And there's there's been plenty of times when they've displayed some amount of still functioning ability even though their power is turned off there's that moment after the first fight with shinji and the third angel where he looks out and he sees the ava's head without a helmet yeah and its eye focuses on yes him, yet it's got no power so it's still alive inside the armor yeah. somehow but only functioning on a very basic level it's kind of like they grew these giant biological beings put them in armor and then somehow can turn them on and off. Yeah, like maybe severed their brain functions. I think it's something like that. Yeah, and then give and them I a think, battery as well. I think the entry plug is wired into their nervous system, like yeah. their, their brains. And their brains aren't fully active until the entry plug and the pilots has synchronised with theirs, and then they become one. Um, but if you took the entry plug out but didn't put anything else in, there's that basic animalistic part of them which is still alive. Yeah. Um, and unless you were to put something to nullify that in there, I guess, mm. they might they could do anything. Who knows? I mean, not huge amount because they haven't got that much power. But. There's several times in the series where they go live, even yeah. though they shouldn't have Exactly, done. yeah. And behave in very human sort of ways. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, I don't know, it's like they built these or grew or created these living things and then somehow had to, like, neuter them. Yeah, way, had that's to exactly like the right word, neuter them. Sever- Maybe they are intelligent and alive. But they bottomized. They can't function. They're almost like zombies until... Yeah. Okay, well... um, food for thought lots to talk about uh so from that opening scene which really establishes i guess that gendo cares for ray yeah and vice versa Mm. um we then jump to uh is it not uh their dissect or dismantling that's right they're at the site of where lobster string arms was from episode three yes where where he ends up on the hillside and he lets Toji and Kensuke into the cockpit. Because we commented at the time that it didn't explode. Yeah. Like a lot of the angels blow up. and Or turn into blood or something. But Shinji stabbed it right in its heart. It shut down and just everyone just stopped. Yeah. Like big statues. So we cut to that hill. Yeah. There is a giant chalk, chalk outline <laughs> of where Shinji, uh, where Unit 1 was thrown against the hill. Yeah, why? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, because and also... A sort of temporary research facility has been set up. Yeah, interestingly, that's not even where either Unit 1 ended up. Because he got up again. Yeah. And he ran down and killed the angels. So I don't know so why they true. felt it necessary Slid, to draw a line round that site. Where his landing site was. Unless they're planning where to put the trees back in to replace <laughs> that ruined countryside. <laughs> but there is a, uh, like you said, like a pop-up research facility and a team, probably using, you know, massive JCBs and, you know, tunnel digging equipment, is dismantling this angel yeah and, and analyzing it yeah yeah and uh shinji uh misato and ritsuko are there yeah and shinji appears to have pretty good just part of the gang just seems to be getting on pretty well with he's everyone. got a little helmet on no one else has got a helmet yeah. on but shinji has i guess uh, they're protecting their pilot <laughs> finally finally yeah. give, give that boy a helmet jeez should we uh should take protect- him into protective custody should we give him some emotion no helmet should we protect him from the bullies at school? Helmet would be fine. A helmet would be fine. Give him a he helmet. Have to wear it all the time. He's finding it really hard to fit in at school, and kids are picking on him. Give him a helmet. We, we that keep, will endear him to the student body. We keep giving him inconsistent commands about whether or not he should like what he's doing. Give him a helmet. Okay, keep fine. Whittling down his self worth, but give him more helmets. I I agree. Every time we chuck an insult his way, give him another helmet. Slash the bodyguard budget. 
It's not necessary. Seven helmets. Don't need it. More helmets. Yes. Once he's got ten or so helmets, he'll be safe. Technically, we are in a global depression <laughs> right now. Helmets are cheaper. We've got them lying around. Looking after this child. Yeah. Is, that's what I'm saying. Definitely. Helmets. So we learn a couple of things. I made notes. Oh, because well this is something I always found very interesting about the series. We learned that angels are made of a different form of matter. Which behaves like a, like a wave and, and a, a particle. particle at the same yeah. time. So like photons, uh, there is a degree of quantum uncertainty, you could say. You could say. About their matter. Their makeup. Their However, they are also 99.89% human. Yeah, well, they're, 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 what was it she said? I mean, essentially their DNA. But this is the thing, because when it pops up... On the screen, it is a nucleotide base pair, so it's DNA. And he says, "Look," and she goes, "Like, look at this." Despite being made of (laughs) Of different matter, matter. (laughs) of exotic, high-end physics matter, they are ninety-nine point eight nine percent human. How is that even possible? It does seem like a contradiction, (laughs) but I have to say, like, this was something I really, really loved when I first. Silver series. Finding out the angels were like us. Because that was weird. Yeah. And it's I, funny, isn't it, how it's more weird that they're like us than yeah, that they're alien. I loved that to bits. Yeah. And I uh I know that doesn't really make sense when you when you break it down, but it's, it's kind of fun though. But it is it is a lot of fun. And uh, I always got the thing I loved about Evangelion back then was the angels. And I loved this idea that if you did find alien life, it arguably would be so alien as, as we would have no frame of reference for it yeah. and i think the angels get a really good we've raved about that yeah how alien they are because it because yeah. you get the impression that like they are intelligent but it's intelligence enti- on a different scale entirely to ours like we 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 couldn't hold a conversation with them no it's, it's alien it's uh, in the purest sense of the word yeah and um and then we find out that they're like us like, I what? I don't I read this because I remember when I first saw the series I did a lot of research like early days of Wikipedia like just uh, consuming as much material about Evangelion as I could and the mythology and I and I now know things about Evangelion where I'm not sure whether it was ever said in the series or whether it was uh, expanded upon in some of the accompanying I remember you told me some of this that stuff that I'd never yes. heard of before yeah which yeah. I assumed was canon but maybe it kind of is but not fully well you... i know that there was a book that was released when when there was a there was a there was a weird cinematic release i think not of not of the series obviously but of like what was the film that basically just collected all the series together that was end that of was evangelion re- or was it re- death and rebirth death and rebirth yeah. yeah and that was shown in a cinema and everyone who went i understand received something called the red book yes which was kind of like a program that they got to take in but it added loads of Lore and mythology, very yeah, which subsequently has been translated, although in varying qualities, and more has leaked out into the internet. Yes, it's hard to distinguish that stuff, which you could call truth, <laughs> yeah, from interpretive stuff. Because there's so much in the series, and certainly when it gets into the big stuff later, which is really what we're looking forward to, yeah, is never explained. Definitely, like you mentioned the lengths briefly earlier, that's never really explained where that came from. Not really, anything. and I know that some of the contents of that red book do explain it. I think so, yeah. But quite whether or not you accept that as being part of the greater Evangelion mythos is up, you know, that's up to you. Exactly, yeah. But I remember reading at one point, and this is a thing that really blew my mind, uh, this series is all about biblical imagery and everything, but it's the idea that humans and angels are essentially the same, 
But in the Garden of Eden, be it you know real or metaphorical, there were two trees, and there was like the f- and they had fruit, and there was the fruit of life, yep, and the fruit of knowledge. knowledge yeah, and it's the idea that humans ate from the tree of knowledge, which meant they weren't immortal and didn't have eternal life. Yeah, so we knew the secrets of death. And were we, capable of learning about the universe. Yes, and we gained the ability to make things. Yes. So our bodies are weak, but we can change things and we die. We change our own reality. We live and die. Yeah. The angels ate from the tree of life. And this is what I loved. And the idea is that they became angels yeah. to the point where they are these giant universe shaping beings which can harness the true powers of. But they don't learn or improve themselves or the world around them. They and just stay as they They don't are. reproduce, so they don't need no. to. They're like. I love this idea. They're just entities. They're not species. They're not yeah. organisms. They're, they're something just completely different things. to us. Yeah. And like, why would they ever need to change? Because they're perfect and yeah, immortal. Exactly. And they could just peruse the universe forever. Yeah, yeah. And then I love that idea. And it works really well yeah. as, as a concept, I think, because that's why they're so different. That's why they're so alien. That's why they're so strong. That's why they're so, you know, cosmic. And they have the ability to like heal from pretty much anything. Yeah, as yeah. Some... Most, most laws of physics type attacks on them are completely useless. Yeah. The only thing that really has an effect is the AT field. True. And yes, now... and we learn more about the AT field down the line that, you know, if it's it's almost it's it's what divides humanity into separate organisms. Mm-hmm. And without going way ahead of ourselves, the end is about everyone's individual AT fields breaking down and mm. it's becoming one large thing. Which again. is a really cool idea and I yeah. know when we get to that because we only because we have mentioned the AT field in so much as yeah. we know an Eva can apparently generate one, and it's mentioned in episode two. Yes, when, yeah, exactly. When yeah, unit one fights Satchel, but quite what it is isn't revealed too later, and yeah. that's a really cool idea. I love yeah. as well. It all ties in. Um, but yeah, sorry, so that's just something. No, I that's really, cool. Yeah, I really dug, and that I think that's what's cool about the start of this episode um, is is we have that unit zero test and it's exciting to see how they behave when they're not working properly and that maybe they don't always... All we've seen so far is unit one battle quite successfully. The only reason it failed at first was because Shinji was a bit new to the whole thing. Mm. But we just thought, oh yeah, these are great, powerful weapons. But the actual truth of it is they're complex, emotional, mm. synchronising things. And then the next scene after that is is an analysis of an angel where we're sort of taking it apart. And I think even they have a fragment of the core, don't they? And Genre yes. says something to the effect of, oh, that's useless, chuck it in the bin. That's a very good point. Is that That is a kind of throwaway line, yeah. which I guess kind of becomes important later but yes. they they have a salvaged core well yeah angel. but it's ruined it's ruined and they, they can't... can't learn anything from it at all but we're learning that the core is important and apparently yes apparently it is of great interest to the yeah. humans so and and they want to learn more about it and of course we yeah know they do um and it is also at that point that shinji notices that gendo his dad has got burned him. yes because gendo always wears white gloves yeah which i assume was just him being stylish he's super cool because they are pretty stylish but um is possibly simply because he's hiding his burnt hands because yeah. he did he damaged his hands when he freed Ray. So I guess that kind of cements the chronology of it. So because he's much much healed now, and that allows him to ask Ritsuko what happened, and Ritsuko uh, explains to Shinji what he did, and it immediately puts seeds of doubt in Shinji as to why his dad seems to care about Ray but doesn't really seem yeah. to care about him because he's never had any time for Shinji. No, but so apparently why he's willing he to risk about... his life to save Ray. Exactly, it's a, pretty, it's a crushing what? emotional blow. Massively, yeah. We then cut to the school. Yeah, uh, it's a sp- sports session. The boys are playing basketball. The girls are swimming. Yeah, and the boys are all ogling the girls. Yeah, swimming. Uh, this is this is to me basically just a scene to. I guess in the creator of the show's eyes, add a bit of humanity in, but well, at the yeah, it's kind of like ultimately, 
because uh, Kengski and Toji are kind of teasing Sh- uh, Shinji. Yeah. Oh, I forgot his name. About staring at Ray. Yeah, staring at Ray, and they're like, "Oh, you're perving on Ray, are you?" And he's like, "No, I, I swear. I'm just wondering why she's always alone." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's a good point. She is always alone. <laughs> We've never socialised with her." Yeah. Uh, so there, there, there is that nice little character moment, I suppose, where we're starting to realise that. Oh yeah, they're both Ava pilots, but they don't really know anything about each yeah. other, and we don't know anything about. And Ray. everyone knew that Ray was. A, this is the thing about the school. What we, as we said, doesn't make sense. Everyone knew. Oh no! Everyone was. Uh, everyone cared that Shinji was a pilot. They were like, they went crazy for it. They're like Shinji, are you the new pilot? He goes, yes. And we go like, oh my god, you're so cool. Yeah. But they've been going to school with a girl they know is a pilot for a while. Yeah. And yet she, from what we think, hasn't piloted Unit Zero. But no, here's another weird point because Kensuke. When um, he 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 gets really excited about Unit One, doesn't he? Yeah, because and he wants to film it, um, and it seems like he knows about giant robots before Unit One is piloted. For yeah, the first like time. It, it's a big thing. Like Unit Zero must have been out in yeah. the public eye. It must have been. Well, we were wondering like what the point. Like no one, I, you see, I don't think it was because I can't think of any good reason why they would have done well, it. Well, neither can I. But I'm wondering why or how much information. How much information do the public have? Because angels are attacking, and it's happened twice. Yeah, it has only happened twice so far. Like no one even knows the cause of Second Impact, which brought about this post apocalyptic event. But as far as the public would be concerned, there is one giant robot then, and there is one pilot. Mm. And yet, Kensuke and Toji and the rest of the school seem to know that Ray is also a pirate pilot of a robot. Well, I was just wondering, like, to, to avoid mass panic, they must have told the public something. Yeah, they could have said, like, look, uh, you know, we got these robots. Are, you know, they're they're develop- We're going to get attacked by monsters. Are going to attack. Blah blah blah. We we have shelters. The entire city goes underground if need be. Like people know about the evacuation routines, so. Mm. I don't know, just a bit of a mystery there. Bit of a mystery there. But we've said before in earlier um, podcasts that we wish we could see a little bit more of the public's perspective on this. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because we don't know what they know, and I'd I'd like to know what they know. Because we know so much. Although also so little. Yeah, and I don't know, it's just one of those... I I guess it's something you can perhaps gloss over. You can, really. And we have to. We forgive a lot of it to kind of make it work. But you do wonder, like, "Eh, does this make sense or not? Um, so we have that tiny school scene. Then we have another human scene. We do. Back at Misato's apartment? Yeah, it's, uh, Shinji's back living with her. And Ritsuko is over for dinner. Yeah, and frankly, um, certainly compared to last episode, Shinji seems pretty well adjusted. He does, and the scene's quite good because it's uh, it's, a, it's a comedy scene. Comedy scene. And the joke is that Misato is a slob and she only cooks instant meals. Yep. And she manages to cock that up to the extent that Ritsuko and Shinji eat what she's cooked, I say in inverted commas, yeah. and it tastes disgusting. It's a bit of a... Uh, it's, one of these, it's one of these odd kind of cutaway scenes, which is full of, like, uh, full of like human emotion. You know, it's like a very comedy... Yeah. Because you see Pen Pen, the penguin, <laughs> eat some of Misato's food and then get ill and kind of pass, pass out. out. almost, yeah. It's, it's, a very, it's a very anime scene. Yeah. And I think in any other episode, it would be very jarring. Oh, yeah. But I think... We've had some human stuff in this one. Yeah, so it's not, it doesn't feel so out of place. No. And yeah, it's kind of charming and uh, it's not too bad. And, you know, Shinji does act like a relative human being. Yeah. And, uh, and then Ritsuko drops the bomb. Yeah, she has a uh, an updated... Uh, ID card. ID card. And she says to Shinji, can you please deliver this to Rei? I keep forgetting to do it. I keep forgetting to do it. Maybe it's a little ploy to get them to interact. I think it might be a little bit. And she's like, uh, oh, you know, Ray's not very good at being 
human. Sociable. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she actually says that, doesn't she? She's not very good at living. Yeah, not very good at living. So then we get another baffling moment because, as we talked about in a previous episode, Shinji, as one of, as far as we know, only two pilots in the world, is a very important asset. It's so valuable, <laughs> so valuable. It's not an overstatement. It's not. You know, it's not an exaggeration to say that the fate of humanity rests in his hands. So let's let this kid go unguarded to school, get, beat, get up. beat up by bullies. Yeah. You know, Toji could have accidentally blinded him Stabbed when he him. punched him. You know, <laughs> uh, that could have led to the deaths of millions. <laughs> and Ray, who is the other pilot, we learn, lives in this utterly run-down, horrible tenement block. The establishing uh, shot shows... Very futuristic, but very drab and horrible. Very sort of cyberpunky, I always think. Yeah. Set of apartment buildings, which is surrounded by what looks like abandoned and destroyed roads. It's yeah. like she's living in an area that has been decimated by an angel attack. I I'm and all... doesn't fold away. No, and I'm, I'm kind of curious to know, like, does anyone else live there? It really looks abandoned. Is she like the only person living in this shack? <laughs> uh... And the walls, when we see the interior of it, are just bare concrete. Yeah, she doesn't have any wallpaper, paint, uh, rugs. It looks cold. It looks it looks drab. It looks uninviting. It looks horrendous. I mean, you could you could die, I think, from just like cold and yeah. moisture and damp. Unless like nerve are so good at what they do that we don't even notice them. Like there could be Seven nanoscopic also in uh, cameras, like smart tech. Maybe they're spying on every element of our life to keep us safe. I don't think they are, John. I don't think they are. Do they? <laughs> I don't think they care, Nick. <laughs> so Shinji knocks on the door. No There's one no answers. Answer. So being a sensible human being just lets himself in. Yeah. The door is unlocked. That's what you or I would do. Just goes in, Wait. walks into a house, and he says like, hello. Hey, hey. He's not a complete animal. He takes his shoes takes off. Takes his shoes off. He's like, hello. <laughs> I'm here. Ray, hello. No answer. Goes into her one room. Yeah. There's a bed. There's like a cabinet. Loads of bloody bandages everywhere. Oh, God, yeah. It's horrendous. It's rank. There's it's rank, bl- yeah. bloody bandages everywhere. So, yeah, again... Uh, you know, a, a critically injured girl probably has to walk home every day from the hospital, <laughs> openly bleeding into her into her bandages. Yeah. Good grief. So Sh- Shinji goes this, over... This is definitely the lowest point of this episode. He goes over to the dresser, finds his dad's glasses. The, the very bro- ones we saw in the flashback that cracked. Clearly a very important memento to Rei. Clearly. A symbol, if you will, that Gendo cares for her. And Shinji puts them on. I don't know why. Don't know why. But he goes like, "Are these hers? Are these adult male glasses hers?" <laughs> With a crack in these them. broken glasses. I've seen her before, and she doesn't wear glasses. She always wears. Hers? She always wears glasses. She always wears her adult male glasses to work. Turns around, and there's a Ray noise. Is, there's a noise. Turns yeah. around, and Ray is there, completely naked, save for a towel artfully draped around her shoulders. Obviously, she's just got out of the shower, and she doesn't go like. Who the hell are you? Oh, no. What are you doing she in knows my house? What the hell are you doing in my house? Doesn't react in any way other than to stride over to him. Storm over to him. Like, yeah. Take the glasses off him. Just take them off. Like, obviously, again, they mean a lot to her. They mean a lot to her. But then... Take it, take it away, Nick. That's all yours. Oh, then... I mean, I even hated this the first time I watched it, before I was discerning, right? Yeah. Then there is an incredibly clumsy, even for the show, even for trying to orchestrate this event, the whole thing is clumsy. There's no reason for why this would happen. Yeah. But the the kerfuffle of her taking the glasses off of Shinji causes Shinji to fall forwards onto her. So she's, they're face to face. Yeah. She takes the glasses out of his hand and somehow Shinji falls forward onto her, pushing her backwards so that she lands on her back and Shinji lands on all fours over her, not pinning her down. Well, save for one hand. And don't forget the draw. 
Yes, true. As Shinji falls, the strap of his satchel, which he has over his shoulder, catches somehow on a slightly open drawer of the chest of drawers that the glasses were perched on. And as he falls, he pulls that drawer out of the chest of drawers, which is full, full to the brim of loads of Ray's underwear. Yes. Which like cascades into the air. There's just panties and bras and everything everywhere. Like confetti. Yeah. It's everywhere. You can imagine that. It's everywhere. It, it is <laughs> everywhere. Like like it is like a snowstorm in that in that yeah. room. Um and then we the, then there's this really awkward static shot where they just stare at each other with awkwardness. Yeah. And it, I get that it's awkward. Yeah, yeah, it's very awkward. Particularly when it is then revealed at the end of the awkward stare that Shinji's hand is on her boob. And she just goes, will you get off? Will you get off? Yeah. And he's like, and, then, and there's lots of those anime boy Ooh. noises. <laughs> Yanking on his collar. And then he's like, oh, oh, no, oh, like, you know. And he gabbles out in an attempt to basically say that Mitsuko gave him an ID card to give to her. I came to bring you your ID card. She doesn't listen to a word of it. She just gets dressed. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lingering shots of her getting dressed as well. And she just leaves. It's an incredibly pervy scene. Really, really bad. Should we talk about this scene? Yeah. Because I think... Now, the issue is, like... I like anime. <laughs> which is like saying I like movies. It's like, it it's is. A, it's a genre. It's a genre. It's huge. Yeah. It's really, really broad. Yeah, you, it's not like saying, do you like those Japanese cartoons? It's like, well, there's everything. There is like, everything, yeah. It's a medium. It's not a genre. However, <laughs> however, we go. despite me claiming that it is a medium, not a genre, there are certain... Staples. Staples or tropes... Which turn up a lot. They are. I've often compared it to pantomime. Which I think is a really good comparison. Because regardless of what pantomime you go to see, there's always a dame. Yeah, there's, there's always, always uh, participation. What do you call it? Like a leading... Principal uh, boy. Principal boy. Like a... Slapping of the thigh. A cat Ooh. sidekick. You know, yes. something like that. You know, there's always things you go And these through. things are partly enjoyed and partly accepted. Yeah. It's just like, this is just how pantomime is. This is the rules. So we know like there... Are, and we watch a lot of not very good anime yeah. which we just give up on because yeah. there's no story it's just these tropes yeah. and it seems like if you're very lazy if you string a score you can hang a story off of these pegs yeah. yeah so in so many animes there is the gimmick of boy accidentally runs into a girl falls and lands on her and grabs a breast and has one hand on a boob yeah and it's always like oh like, and I, I honestly could say i think i've probably seen it in different animes maybe about 15 times yeah oh yeah and i reckon it's far far more numerous than that that's that's always the, that's just the number i've yeah. seen yeah the last one most recently that i can remember is uh, a horrible netflix only anime called seven deadly sins which in the very first oh. episode the main character falls onto a girl and the camera pans back and it reveals that he's got a hand on a boob. You see, I've not even seen that one because I know you and Lucy were saying it's not even worth oh, it's it. Dying. I just don't bother. Yeah. yeah. So that's a trope. And it just seems to happen all the time. And like a kind of saucy po- postcard, yeah. everyone just goes, oh, you know, a bit of a nudge and a wink. And yeah. then they get on with their lives. I feel Evangelion, for, for having such lofty ambitions. Yeah. It's a very, you know, borderline pretentious yeah. show. Yeah. Art. I want to. I feel like they should be better than this. They should be above this. It's what we've talked about before with other anime, though, and it's like when we we talked briefly about Kuromakuro as well in the last episode, and how that had again such a great concept, and yet suddenly felt the need to do things that all other animes do. Yeah, send our hero to high school. It's like there was a boob grab in that as well. Was there? Yeah. Do you remember like the the ace lady pilot? Yeah, the blonde. Yeah, he got the better of her by grabbing her boob. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I was yeah. all nervous and awkward. Yes, that was bad. Um, it's it's almost like no matter what story you're telling, and and sometimes I really hope that it's the producers going, 
oh, you've got this great story here. It's really, really cool. Really great characters, really great concepts and everything. You haven't got any boob grabs or panty shots in, though. Yeah. So we're making an anime here. Right. But, <laughs> you got to get them in. <laughs> but one kind of, like, the one kind of proviso I will give here, but one kind of thing, like, I think I get what they were trying. I don't know. They, this wasn't necessary. They it wasn't at all to necessary. Have this at all. But the, the scene's good. Yeah. Like, in terms of plot. Because the point is, it's not quite, it's not played for laughs in the same way not at all that this scene laughs. is always played in every other anime. Yeah. Ah, uh, true. Yes. It's always a comedy moment. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And so it, it is. And the point is that Shinji is an awkward, sexually conf- confused boy. Going and that Ray is also awkward as well. Ray is incredibly alien. Yeah. Uh, I, so I get that it's meant to be this horribly awkward, you know, sexual moment. But it could have been achieved without a boob grab. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? The scene... It could have been achieved without her nudity, without her coming out of the shower, yeah. I think. It could have been him going to her house. It could have been going in and realising the squalor that she lives in, despite her importance, which I think is kind of an interesting juxtaposition. And then the discovery of his dad's glasses because I think that's important and so this would be this great thing where you're like she's important but she's she's like just cast aside almost like she's irrelevant she's got all these horrible injuries but no one seems to care about her and also she does have this one thing she hangs on to which is my dad you know that's a really important character moment Yeah, but she doesn't need to be naked no she doesn't need to have a boob grab none of that needs to be there I get like I get I get that they're trying to show like Shinji's sexual awakening or whatever, I get that, but it, but it, I get it because they want to put it in. It gets to a point where you're like, why are we seeing this? Yeah, is it because you're meant to feel? Oh, is it? I, it's titillation, isn't it? It's got thing. to be. It's is got someone, to be. Is it? Is someone meant to be getting their rocks off to it? Is yeah, the question, and it feels pervy. And the thing is, it feels incredibly pervy. It feels, it, it makes you feel a bit dirty watching yeah. it, and particularly when we're coming from an angle of this is a great show. I have certainly showed Evangelion to people in the past and we've got to this point and I've started to feel awkward Yeah, that I'm saying this is a great show and then I'm showing this scene to someone and they're going, oh, this is what Nick's into then, is it? And yeah. it's like, no, it isn't. The cool stuff is the robots and the mythology. and all. I, oh, I just wish it wasn't there. It's weird, isn't it? Like You find yourself <laughs> making a lot of excuses yeah, for absolutely, it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this is a problem, I don't know, I, I think with a lot of... I don't want to just lay the blame at anime. Because there's issues in a lot of mediums oh, we love. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's like, you can't escape the fact that she's meant to be 14. That's true. And it's like... Here that's, she, that's easily forgotten. Yeah, it's like, here she is, she's naked. And I know I know to a Japanese audience there is a cultural thing where it's, it's, it's seen as slightly less taboo, yeah. this kind of, I guess, sexualization of younger women. It, is, it appears girls. a lot in, in their entertainment, doesn't it? But I know, I know it's a cultural thing. Like, it is very much like a thing that they consider children to mature a lot earlier yeah but it but it's weird and i don't know from our perspective certainly it's it's weird to us and i but also from a storytelling point of view it does feel like gratuitous i think that is that's really nail on the head moment there really is that it isn't necessary and and i would argue that as much as okay they're trying to tell the story about shinji's sexual awakening i'd argue that isn't necessary either to the whole overall plot of this story shinji's sexual awakening is not important. Yeah, you could, you could. People will talk about Evangelion and go, "It's an incredible coming of age story about a boy dealing with, you could say, the end of the world." That would be one way that someone might, rather in a nutshell, describe this show. Yeah, but I don't think it's important. I no. don't think we need to have that. It could be a story about an emotionally conflicted boy 
yeah. coming to terms with a, a, a forced responsibility on him. That's a great story. Because it's all like it's all like non-heroic. It's not even like in a different anime. It would be like he's piloting a robot. He's saving the world as a cute girl. Yeah, you know, she, he grabs her boob and like, oh, it's all Ooh, quirky and flirty. Comedy. But it's like, no, it just feels dirty. And I get it does. I get that it and Evangelion can be very awkward. Yeah, and I, I, it's almost like Teenage Boy Simulator. Like two thousand, it's like it's almost like remember all that horrible sexual awkwardness of of being young. Let's and put you through it again. <laughs> not knowing how to interact with girls, it's like it's kind of like that. But this just doesn't feel good. I guess I guess something I've always got to bear in mind whenever I'm because 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 you know we watch crappy anime a lot and and we go through this exact same thing so many times. And what I've got to remember is that there's there's a kind of manga and anime called shonen. You know, which mm. is for young boys, mm-hmm. and and part of the rules of it, just like there are rules of a pantomime, are that part of the draw is to have sexy, titillating ladies in it, because that is, you know, in the same way that we might be drawn to a really cool heroic picture of Superman on the cover of a Superman issue and think that looks like an exciting story and I want to read it. That has the same effect in Japan of putting a sexy lady, and let's be honest, like Western comics do it as yeah, well. No. You have very scantily clad superheroic women. Yeah. Um, it, it purely there to There's titillate. probably a lot in common because at the same time, while a lot of characters are always sexualized, in a curious way, it's oddly family friendly. Yeah, safe. Which is, you know, that's, that's a broad term open for interpretation. But yeah. it's like, they never have sex. No, no, certainly not. No, no it, God knows, that never happens. It is kind of the level of like a saucy postcard. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very like, oh, you know. And I don't want this to come across like, like we've got a prudish perspective on it because I'm coming at this from a storytelling perspective, you know, and I think there are plenty of times that nudity and, and a sexually attractive woman has been used in a story very effectively. And maybe you could argue almost was necessary to a story. I would hold up Game of Thrones as maybe being excessive a lot of the time, but sometimes it's actually quite effective in how they use it mm-hmm. in the show. Certainly. I don't, I haven't read the books, um, but it's it's doing a different thing, and and the result of this is that it seems jarring, unnecessary, and pervy. Yeah, and and quite hard to defend. Really hard to defend. And and I I think that's the the real sticking point. If you could, if we could sit down and say with a straight face that it, it was, was ne- utterly necessary, utterly necessary. Yeah, like showing this. <laughs> I mean, there's just no way we could showing do this to someone with like you know showing this to an anime fan, you know maybe you know, easier to forgive because, you know, we for- we accept a lot. Showing it to someone who had never watched an anime, trying to say that this is a really good series. And that this seems especially... Oh, it's not good. There's just no way I can do that. And, I, and I won't. I won't make excuses. And you're right. Because if he'd just gone to the house, found Ray, oh, is it? he goes in, hello, hello, lets himself in, turns yeah. around and Ray is standing there fully dressed. And she says, how on earth, how dare you let yourself into my house? Because that would be a great thing. Yeah. You know, or even it, call or, him on it. But even if, even if she said nothing, yeah. though, even if it, okay, she's that same passive. scene, yeah, 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 and she's this weird robotic kind of personality. She goes over, takes the glasses off him, yeah, what leaves the house, yeah. That's he's like, whoa, that's weird. Everything's communicated. Yeah, like the idea that she lives in squalor and the idea that she finds those glasses they're they're very important to her. That's that's the point of this scene. Truly, is yeah. the point of this scene. You know, and yet we have all of this other stuff which we don't need. Certainly not. And if anything, maybe the worst part of it. Because at least, I mean, Ray's naked. She doesn't need to be naked, but Ray does need to be there. So you could argue that naked or not, Ray's part of that of that scene is important. The the, the underwear drawer exploding into uh. the room. There is no other reason for that other than 
ooh, obsession with pants. Like, it's almost like, I mean, we were talking about the artist thing earlier. It's almost like if this was being taught in film school, you know, it'd be like, and this scene is a metaphor for sex as symbolized by the reigning panties. You know, yeah. it's like, ugh. Anyway. Yeah. But okay. I mean, I think we've said everything you said. About There's that. a couple more moments in the series which I always find very hard to defend and I find even now very hard to sit through. Yeah. And that's one of them. I found that hard to sit through. That's one. And I, I can yeah. think of enough. There's a few more coming up as well. Luckily, but, we then move on from that scene and uh, Ray just storms out. Uh, and Shinji follows her. Shinji follows her because they're on their way to Nerve. Yeah. So um, he follow, you know, he follows her all the way to Nerve, trying to talk to her. She's not really interacting. Gives her the, ident- the new ID card. Yeah. They start ascending the massive escalator. Yep. Uh, and uh, he, tr- he says, I'm sorry. Yeah. And she Which says, is yeah. a good thing, I suppose. And and the key thing that's said here, they start talking about his dad. Because he asks, does he does he ask why have you got my dad's glasses? I can't because he, he says, I'm sorry. And she says, what for? I- oh, no, that's right. And then he says, are you scared to pilot the ape? Yes. And she says, I trust your your." your you're Gendo's son, aren't you? Yes. She says, and he says, yes. And she says, do you not trust in your father's work? And he goes, how could I possibly trust him? Of course him? not. Yeah. And she turns around and slaps him. Yeah. The only real emotion we've seen her yeah, display. display. Yeah. Um, I think I'm getting a couple of the events. Oh. oh pardon me. Sorry, someone's phone is ringing. <laughs> hey. the camera. We shall cut momentarily. Okay, sorry about that. We're back in the room. The phone has been answered. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I was saying, I, I, I was getting a bit confused about some of the occurrence of events now, because kind of wrapping up the episode, we get like a, not quite a montage, but like a, a series of not massively connected scenes where both Shinji and Ray are kind of undergoing piloting tests. Absolutely. Yeah, still up to their necks in fluid, in Be- uh, hangars. Yeah, you know, basically just seeing, are the plugs working? Can we connect people? Because we see uh, someone mentions that the reason... Unit Zero malfunctioned. At the beginning of the episode. They called it like emotional disturbance on the part of the pilot. That's right. So they tried again, and uh, Ray is sitting in the cockpit. Yep. uh, And she's thinking about how Gendo... Saved her. Saved her life. And they get perfect synchronisation. They do. So the ship... So the unit... Unit Zero is working fine. Activates now. perfectly. And, and, like, Yay. and on a side note, Ray appears to have recovered from all her injuries. Yeah, she does. Yeah. However, they were caused mm. or whatever. Shinji sees Ray talking to Gendo. He's also in in the cockpit of Unit One, and he's looking out onto the gantry. Yes. She hops out of the entry plug, um, excited. Sort yeah. of does. And again, we're seeing more emotion on her face and her manner than we ever have before. And she sort of gallops up to. Gendo and Gendo seems to be talking to her. We can't hear anything they're saying because it's all from Shinji's distant perspective in the yes. cockpit. And she's smiling and Gendo's smiling as they're talking. So two very robotic characters who will show no emotion to Shinji other than hate or disappointment. Yes. Like Ray slapped him. Yeah. Like Ray didn't even Although we know why, at least we know why Ray slapped him, because she she really likes Gendo. She really so loves when, Gendo. When someone insults him, she's like, hey. But again, it's like it's, it's better than last episode, but it's this classic thing where nobody can see things from Shinji's perspective. No. At all. And to be honest, if this, if if the episode before this had been like this one, yes, as in I could see character motivations, but they were still mistreating him, yeah, then I would have been a lot more tolerant about the last episode. That's true. But at least, at least with this one, we don't know much about Gendo, but we do know enough about Rei to know that she cares about Gendo. Yeah. And, and, and so therefore why she would slap Shinji across the face. 
It makes sense. There's motivation. There's cause and effect. Do you know what I mean? But Shinji, I mean, like, oh, sorry, no, Ray is uh, almost utterly robotic. Yeah. Like, all the time. All the rest of the time. But when she hops out the entry plug to talk to Gendo, she seems like a normal girl. There's a good bit of animation work there, actually. Yeah. Because her body language has changed completely. And the way she holds her hands uh, in front of herself, and the way she does this little run up to him. Yeah, like a little skip. Like yeah, she's it's happy almost to like see she's him. really yeah. happy. And most of that is conveyed through her movements. And it is, is really like good. father and daughter. It is. It's the yeah. paternal bond which Shinji has never had. And he looks on with very uh, a lot of sadness. Yeah, it's like, well... And that would cut you deep, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like hell. I've and, never and been that good. is another emotional reaction that makes sense. Yeah. And I like it from a storytelling That's, perspective. That, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. In that moment, there is more effective character building yeah. than all of the previous episodes. I would agree completely. Yeah. I mean, if anything, that's actually a really good moment. It's sad, it's bad, it's melancholy, it's it's horrendous for Shinji, but that's what this story is all about. We that's learn fun. something about all three characters we and did. not a single word is spoken. It's it's good. So, it's effective. And it's done purely through animation and characters. So hats off to you, Evangelion. <laughs> you, you're pulling it back that's a, a, a that's, a, that's a tick in the plus column. You had a very, very low point and you pulled it straight back up. But then the conclusion is mm. suddenly... Dun 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 dun. music. Dun. There's an angel coming, and a shot of the ocean, and a, a, a tiny shape yeah, in the distance, reflecting light. It looks like a, a shiny thing far uh, away. La and, and a noise. Oh, and we and all know what that is. So I was all, what is that noise? What, what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. And um, very weird again, though. The dude who oh, Fuyutsuki. Fuyutsuki, uh, Gendo's, Gendo's second in command, man. goes like, uh, "There's an angel approaching. The fifth angel it's is the coming. The fifth angel is approaching, and it's like, action." Stations yeah. and um, it's like launch unit one, and you see Masato scream, "Launch!" Oh, oh sorry, one thing. Oh, don't yeah. don't they say, uh, "Can we launch unit zero? Do they? Yeah, because he says it's not ready yet. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay, cool. Because Ray has just had that successful. Oh, they test. power her down. Don't yeah, they? yeah, rather it, than launch her. And you go like, uh, "Can we launch unit zero? And go, "No, it's not ready for deployment uh, yet." Launch unit one, and they go unit one. Yeah. So Shinji does his thing, gets fired up with his lightning rails, and we see uh, the fifth angel. Yeah, uh, which is uh, Ramiel. Yeah, uh, which I always remember because it's my favourite angel, <laughs> uh, the angel of thunder. Oh, is that right? I think. Yeah, right. Uh, I think if you care enough to check, it's kind of like every angel is taken from uh, like Gnostic texts ah, and stuff, okay. and they all have a. So Ramiel is the angel of thunder, and it looks like a giant. Well, like a pyramid on top of another pyramid. A base to base, bipyramidal prism or something like that. It's definitely like, a technical term. It's like a, it'd be it'd be like an octagahedron or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like the green crystal that hovers above Sims' heads. Oh, there you go. But compressed. There you go. It, yeah, into a more equilateral sort of shape. And it's like a silvery blue. Yeah, very reflective. Very reflective. And one of my favourite angels by the simplicity of its design. Yeah. It doesn't even look like a monster. And apparently this thing that's hovering here that looks like a prism has ninety eight point eight nine percent similarity with humanity. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And and it's floating, and it's making this weird kind of uh, like it's kind of like singing, and it's it's approaching Tokyo Three. They deploy Unit One, who who comes up, stands proud in the middle of a street, just in time for a weapon attack from the Angel, uh, which it, manifests as a sort of invisible beam that cuts through. Uh, skyscrapers, mm. creating a perfect circular hole. Now this is a lovely bit of animation. It is, yes. Because, as you said, it's like a, it's a, the this crystal has no limbs or eyes or anything. Or it can cannon just, or anything. But it, its entire power appears to be energy. Yeah. It, it is it invisible is, energy of an immense power. So it fires this beam, and you just see this skyscraper melt like 
butter. Like yeah. this hole just... Perfectly mm. circular hole cuts through it and it just liquidises the rest of it. And um, hurtles across the city and hits Avero 1 right in the chest. Just before it does, Misato shouts something like, Dodge it! to Shinji. But Shinji's just arrives at the surface. He turns and looks to the right and it's too late. He's already hit in the chest by it. You mentioned at this point, obviously the Avers are made of sterner stuff. Because this blast hits him right in the middle of the chest. And seems to boil the LCL in, in well, the entry we see plug. We see the Eva's uh, armour melt. We do, yeah. But it doesn't vaporise. No, which it doesn't cut through it yeah. like it does the skyscraper, which it, it vaporised in seconds. Um, it sort of stops at the Eva's chest. And although it's cutting away the, the armour, it's stopping the blast. Mm-hmm. And inside, uh, Shinji is in immense anguish. Screaming. Screaming. Uh, and then the episode ends. Yeah. To be continued. Yeah. Which is a really good ending. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it kind of bogues well. It does. Because we had like... This uh, is the climb, maybe. The beginning of the climb. You consider that like episode four, there was nothing. Uh, episode five, one we just watched, is maybe like 80% of talking and emotion. Yeah. And even episode three didn't have a massive amount of action either. We've had a bit of a dry patch. We, <laughs> we have. We need, so early on in the show as well. <laughs> we need something to it, kind of bring people back in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it bodes well. I mean, we know where this is going, uh, but uh, it's interesting. I I trying to remember now. I'm trying to remember whether Ramiel is dealt with in a, in another episode or another two. Yeah, yeah. I suspect. I have a horrible suspicion it might be three episodes. Yeah. I feel well, that's okay. I feel that's the arc. Yeah, I feel again, it's this Shinji and Ray learning Ray to work together Ramiel to take arc. down. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, we've um, we've gone into the plot. I think in great detail, and we've discussed some stuff along the way, but I guess generally, uh, as an overview, what did you think of the episode? Well, I I um, I think it's better than yes. the episode before. I think there's a lot to like about this episode, actually. As much as we dwelled on that awkward scene, it does only last for two or three minutes of the entire episode, and, and if I'm going to be brutally analytical about this thing, then that means most of the episode I liked. You said there was a lot of talking, but this time the talking was either adding more to the expositional setting of the story, learning mm. about angels, learning about how Ava's power up, all that kind of stuff, or good character work, like the Gendo and Ray scene and everything. So, And, and even, the, even the horrible pervy nudie scene um, has some valuable character stuff we can take away from it, like how Ray's feelings are towards uh, Gendo, what Shinji is like talking to people he doesn't know very well, particularly of a female nature. Um Looking purely on the positive, because I want to, and, and because, yeah. uh, you know, overall... I need to. This was maybe the first episode when I was first watching this show that started to make me think, ooh, there's a lot going on mm. here. There's a lot of interesting mythology and thought about the, the backstory of this. And, uh, and I think this is the beginning of a climb, mm. of a rise in quality of storytelling, and also of what we know and love to be Evangelion. This is the beginning of what we know Evangelion is capable of. And so I would I would go as far as to say that I liked this episode. I think I liked this episode as well. Mm. Uh, it was a quiet episode. Yep. Uh, but the good kind of quiet. Like, uh, everyone, everyone acted like a human being, <laughs> with the exception of the characters who were meant to act like robots. Absolutely. That's like, a good way uh, yeah, I, I, I liked it. And, uh, you know, you can't have... It's a very introspective kind of thoughtful show so you can't have action all the time no and but, i'm fine with that but this is the good kind of in no action, action if you yeah. know what i mean yeah, yeah it was good and uh there was some some effective character i i feel you almost could have just skipped the, the previous episode entirely you almost could have really like yeah, yeah um 
I, I don't think anything of real consequence happened in the last episode. No. Uh, and we said we had, a, as we said, we had a moment with no dialogue, which had more character building than all of the previous episode. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I did like it. And I, I, I like it for some of the subtler reasons. Like you said, like the fact that we do get these odd little world building gems yeah. of the angels in 99.89% human. Uh, they're made of a different form of matter. Um, Another thing I forgot to mention is we get the first mention of the three wise men. Ah, yes, the supercomputers. The three supercomputers, uh, Balthazar, Casper, and Melchior. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool. It is cool, yeah. At this point, we don't really know what they are. Yeah. Like, they're just just referred to send the data to Balthazar and transfer that to Melchior. And it's like, what what are we talking about? Because I know, know, actually, it's coming back to me. I know there's some major plot points about those... Yeah. Those computers later there on, is, yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a whole story about them, and yeah. uh, and also their uh, one Ritsuko's relationship with them, yes, which is kind of which is cool, cool, yeah. So it's always kind of background stuff, which is starting to build, and yeah. I feel like this is what we love about, the show. yeah. This is this is all of this stuff is the good stuff, mm. you know, the stuff that we excuse the other stuff for. Uh, but until now, and certainly episode four is a prime example of this, we had no inkling of that. Mm. And if anything, if you're going to have that episode four, it should have been after an episode like this yeah. because. If you were watching this and you got to episode four and you'd never seen it before, I would not begrudge you for giving up. No. At that point. No, I mean... You have not been given a hint of the mythology. You've not been given a hint of the grander ideas that are behind this thing. All you've been given is this completely insane set of inconsistent motivations which Mm. don't make any sense at all. The characters are pretty unlikable. Very much All of them in number four. And you've got to invest somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree entirely. I, I think I had a more coherent point I was about to make, but it just vanished out of my head. But yeah, like... This is a this is a good, you know, return to form, and I love, I love this angel. Yeah, I love Ramiel, and yeah. I, 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 it's a sign. If it's a sign of things to come, then I'd. Well, clearly, the first time I saw it, it did hook my attention because yeah. I kept, I kept watching. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I, I, I did too, and and a lot of people love this show. Loads of people love this show, and I'm not for a second suggesting that everyone who loves this show is stupid to have continued past episode four because I did. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, but you th- certainly would understand. I would understand. Yeah, and 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 certainly, you know, um, if I was trying to show someone who wasn't already slightly equipped to enjoy anime, you know, like my dad, for example, yeah, <laughs> he would give up, yeah. and I wouldn't blame him for that. You know. It was a bit of a misstep, perhaps. Maybe. But um, but they're pulling it out. I feel once they get... It's like if they get Ray established, because this, this is really all about Ray's character now. That's yeah. the whole point. If they get Ray established, then we have the makings of a more fully rounded cast and maybe we're starting to get into that monster of the week territory. I think we are. Which I know is often used as a derogatory term. So. I, I like it. Mm. I rate it as a way of telling stories. You know, it, it's it's um it's something you've got to balance well. You've got yeah. to do it right. Because you go like, oh, it's just monster of the week. It's not really developing the story in any way. But I like if you've established a good cask of characters and it's like, here's a weird thing for them to deal with. Yeah. Here's another weird thing for them to deal with. Then, How are they going to react? How exactly, are they, yeah. yeah. And then in the background, there's a greater arc or a greater threat yeah. developing for them to deal with at the end. It's so, a yeah, great way of doing it. This was an upswing. It was. And I think it's going to continue. I have high hopes for the next episode. I do also, yeah. So, uh, should we do our thing Let's and do rate thing. the old episode, unless there's anything else you want to add or comment on? I or... don't think so, no. I think we've covered it in pretty good detail, so, yeah. actually. Uh, okay, so, uh, as a reference, uh, we give every episode uh, two ratings. One, uh, in terms of shinginess, uh, like how best does this episode, out of ten, embody the core principle of Shinji Ikari <laughs> and also impact like yes. how great an episode is so um, previous episode not great 
We gave uh, Shinjinus 7 out of 10. We did. We could have gone higher, but we reserved... We did, we, for the future. We, yeah. And we gave it an impact of 1. <laughs> yeah. Like last episode was the Nadir so far. <laughs> okay, so based on that, what do you reckon uh, Shinjinus' score? He wasn't, he wasn't that bad except for the nudie scene. He seemed yeah. collected as a human other than that moment. Um, and aside from the you know relevance of that moment at all he he dealt with falling onto a naked girl probably about as well as any of us would have done yeah like at that moment although the scene was kind of like a bit lechy he at least seemed he was kind of like a normal teenage boy ashamed yeah he was embarrassed he didn't mean to do the things he did um the writers of the show did (laughs) (laughs) um and he reacted by getting embarrassed and garbling what he wanted to say which is just like a human being so i would argue that that wasn't really a shinji moment actually and so therefore his shinjiness was quite low in this episode i agree like he he seemed to be interacting fairly well with masato and ritsuko uh even uh toji and kengski uh he had enough backbone to kind of say to ray that he didn't like his dad yeah. Essentially. Yeah, he know. came right out. I didn't hold that opinion back at all. Piloted Unit 1. Quite happily. He was going through tests. Um, yeah, I reckon quite low on the old Shinji scale. What are you going to go for? Oh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, oh, three? I was going to say three. Uh, Brilliant. Three, great. Perfect, yeah. So we'll give it uh, give it a three on the old uh, Shinjiness. Uh, on the Akari scale. What about impact? Now, bearing in mind that we've gone from a one yeah. on impact... It's not hard to go up from there. Um, you see, impact. I mean, I want to save high impact scores for really cool moments and events. And that doesn't necessarily mean action, but but moments that push the story in a direction that contributes to our love for it. So why we're That's doing this podcast. Point. That's an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. So we know that Evangelion isn't 100% an action show. It calls itself a mecha show, but it's no Gurren Lagan, Robotech, or Gundam. It's not like them. Yeah. It's using mecha to to tell other stories. So I don't expect there to be action in every episode. I consider this something of a high for the little character bits that we saw. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly not, I don't think, the best for that either. It seems fairly middle of the road is basically what I'm getting at in terms of impact. Mm. I don't know whether you... Th- I, I agree, because despite everything, I know we had a, had a few kind of issues... Um. It felt like an Evangelion episode. It did. Whereas last episode felt like some kind of horrendous nightmare. Screensaver. <laughs> Very good point. Um, yeah, I think maybe I might say a five. Yeah. I was thinking four or five, and I would agree five. I was thinking four originally. You kind of talked me around it, actually. <laughs> you, you, you kind of made me feel a bit more generous, whereas like... Yeah. No, I think it's fair to be generous to this one. I think, I think a five. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... There we go. Not a not a terrible episode, not actually. Not a terrible episode, no. And if anything, as you say, like, a very Evangelion sort of episode. Yeah. Well, on that note, yeah. I guess we should wrap it up. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying so. this now, and I feel we're getting into... I do too. I do. I'm looking forward to what's I'm coming. Very now. much looking forward to it. It was a rough patch, and... We got through it. High hopes. High hopes for the future. Yeah. Okay, so should we sign off? Let's do it. Uh... So, uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Absolutely. I'm going to try and get the sign-off out in one go. I think, go. I think I would have got it by now. Uh, so, thank you for listening. And remember, however bad your life may be, you could always be Shinji Akari. This podcast, and others like it, is made possible thanks to our wonderful backers on Patreon. 
To support Big Punch Studios as we make comics like Afterlife Thinking Sandwich String, games like Sandwich Masters, and podcasts like the one you've just been listening to, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Big Punch Studios. For just $5 a month, not only will you help make everything we do a reality, but we'll also send you four copies of Big Punch magazine a year. That's over 180 full-colour pages of comic action, featuring Cuckoos, Orb, 99 Swords and Catamarang, delivered straight to your door. This has been a Big Punch Studios production. For all things Big Punch, be sure to head on over to www.bigpunchstudios.com. 